0: Pastor Chris's podcast. Let me just tell you what an honor it is for me to be in this pulpit today of my friend Chris. Uh, He and I have known each other now for several years through the walk to Emmaus and through Chrysalis and uh, he and I were going to be clergy together on the women's team coming up and and all. Today we're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. I understand he's been preaching a series, and uh, I'm going to follow up on that today with love keeps no record of wrongs. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 13, starting at verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. and now these th- three things remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. That's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I want to highlight the end of verse 5. It keeps no record of wrongs. Keeps no record of wrongs. Listen, love is in God's plan. Love is in God's plan. Ecclesiastes 3.8 tells us there is a time to love and a time to hate. Love is greater than faith and hope alike according to verse 13. It says, and now these three remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is what? Love. It's the greatest subject in the Bible. It is a subject that affects all people. It is a subject that has life-changing power. It has the power to change your attitude. It It is hard to have a bad attitude when someone shares the words I love you with you, isn't it? Those three words can totally change your outlook, not only on your day, but on your life. I've got four grandkids. I tell you what, nobody loves them like they're Meemaw. And uh, my oldest grandson particularly verbalizes his love for me. And, and I'll take him to gymnastics or whatever, and he'll say, Meemaw, I love you. And I'm telling you, those three words totally change my day. I can be sad, I can be blah, I can be depressed, and that automatically just lifts me up. Three words, I love you, can change everything. It has the power to change your marriage. Husbands and wives, you should make it a daily routine to share with your spouse how much you love them, and not only to verbalize it and tell them that you love them, but to show them that you love them. It has the power to change your church. Listen to me, church. Visitors can tell from the moment that they walk in your doors if you're a loving church or not. Now, I'm a visitor here today, and so far, it's been a wonderful experience. There's a lot of churches that aren't like that. And that's sad. And it's a bad witness. And, um, but I'm telling you, when you show love not only to each other, but to the stranger that walks through your door, it will revolutionize your church. The church that I pastored right before I retired, the name of it was Love Community Church. It was an evangelical Methodist church. We named the church Love because I knew if the name of the church was Love, we'd better portray Love because you're known by your name. And we had to live up to that. Love has the power to change your future. Everyone needs to know that they are loved. And when one experiences true, genuine love, it can set the course for the future on a positive path. But what about this statement? Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love keeps no record of wrongs. It's easy to focus on the positive of love, but here is the challenge to us. If we truly bear a life of love, will we keep records of wrongs? Let me be honest with you. If you have experienced hurt and pain in your life at the expense of someone else, there is probably a remembrance somewhere in your heart and your mind of that wrong that has been done to you. But there's a difference between a record and a remembrance. A record is a noun, and it's defined as an instance of a physical medium on which information was put for the purpose of preserving it and making it available for future reference. For example, a business might say, we have no record of you making this payment to us. But a remembrance, on the other hand, is a verb. And it's defined as to recall from one's memory, to have an image in one's memory. For example, one might say, I remember how much my mom loved me. So the question with this scripture is, are we remembering a wrong done to you, or have you created a record of wrong done to you? Because although none of us like to recall negative things in our lives, sometimes remembering something in our past can be used as a positive to protect us from going down that same trail again with similar circumstances that can hurt us again. But creating a record of a wrong preserves it in a way that it can be easily accessed in the future in a negative way. A record of wrongs brought on by some sort of conflict can actually lead to destruction if we're not careful because it will end up eating you alive. This is because a record of wrongs is usually tied to unforgiveness. The Bible tells us to love our neighbors and also to love our neighbors i mean our enemies probably because they're genuine generally the same people conflict is inescapable even for those of us who shy away from confrontation it is impossible to avoid to avoid as we go through life we will inevitably encounter people with whom we will have conflict. Additionally, for a Christian, an internal conflict exists between the desires of the sinful nature and the Holy Spirit. The sinful nature tells us that we want to hang on to our hurts and the wrongs that have been done to us and to indeed create a record of the wrong. We build up walls around ourselves and we refuse to forgive but here's the good news here's the good news God loves us while we are still sinners did you know that grasp that today God loves you in spite of yourself Romans 5 8 tells us that but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God loves us even when we didn't love him. God's love is what sent Jesus to the cross. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him, won't perish, but will have everlasting life. The Holy Spirit convicts us to come to a place of forgiveness for the person or the circumstance that brought about the wrong in our lives. The Holy Spirit enables us to actually return to love. Listen, love is patient. Love is kind. Love is neither touchy or angry. Love is never selfish. Love is quick to forgive and doesn't hold grudges. Love looks for the best in others. In thinking about this, I want to use an example from the Old Testament. Going to Psalm 109, the psalmist David. Psalm 109 says, My God whom I praise, do not remain silent. For people who are wicked and deceitful have opened their mouths against me. They have spoken against me with lying tongues. With words of hatred they surround me. They attack me without cause. In return for my friendship, they accuse me, but I am a man of prayer, David says. They repay me evil for good and hatred for my friendship. David cries out to God, he says, whom I praise. He is in conflict with wicked people and deceitful people who have opened their mouths against him. They've been lying about him. Maybe you've experienced that, where somebody's lied about you. They had words of hatred. They repay evil for good and hatred for the friendship. It's deeply distressing when people we love and consider our friends, when they attack us. Their accusations and words of hatred can cause deep pain. David's response in this psalm is to bring his pain and his struggles to God. In the midst of it all, he declares, I am a man of prayer. And he pours out his heart to God. Some of what he goes on to say after that can be difficult to read and reflects just how difficult it is to forgive without God's help. It is at odds with Jesus' call to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us from Matthew 5.44. If you are being unfairly attacked, follow David's example of prayerfulness and honesty before God. And at the same time, ask God to help you overcome bitterness and hatred. May our prayer forever be, Lord, help me when I come into conflict, not to react in the flesh, but to respond through the Holy Spirit. Listen, brothers and sisters. God's love should flow through us to others. Jesus loved us, those who were difficult to love. In fact, the enemies of Jesus criticized him for loving sinners. But we are to love lost people. Jesus calls us to go to the lost with his love. On our own, it is impossible. But with God, all things. Are possible through the power of the Holy Spirit acts 1 8 says you shall be my witnesses but all the going and all the witnessing is ineffective without love at the beginning of this great love chapter in 1st Corinthians 13 it says if I speak with tongues of men or angels but do not have love I am only a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. Listen, preaching without love is just noise. Preaching without love is just noise. Witnessing without love is worthless. Giving without love is a bad investment. I heard it said last night I was doing my Bible study time And this phrase came across um, my devotion for the day, and boy, it, it struck a chord with me. It says, you can give without love, but you cannot love without giving. That'll preach. You can give without love, but you cannot love without giving. But reaching out in love brings results. Love reaches more people than logic. Love reaches more people than tact. Love reaches more people than training. And love reaches more people than good. We must love people as they are with all their faults and failures. This is how Jesus loved. His love can make them what they ought to be. Bottom line is, love changes things. Love changes things. We can learn to love without keeping a record of wrongs through the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul talks about the conflict between the flesh and the spirit in Galatians 5.17. He says, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. He goes on in Galatians five twenty-two through 26 to tell us the remedy. And it's found in the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit— Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Now that the Holy Spirit lives in you, involve Him in all your decisions and follow His prompting. If you are thinking, saying, or doing something that makes you feel uncomfortable inside, that may be the prompting of the Holy Spirit to just stop it. And on the other hand, when you make a decision and feel a sense of deep peace, know that that comes from keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is leading you, you will have peace. You will have peace. Ever since the days of the Old Testament, people have been experiencing things that caused them to keep a record of wrongs. Like many today, the people of God often found themselves in a culture with a very different set of standards from their own. You are not to con- called. You are not called to withdraw from culture, but you are called to be distinctive. Live a countercultural life, possessing the fruits of the Spirit which begin with love. And you will have a powerful impact on the culture around you. Despite all of Israel's failings and problems, God did not give up on his plans and purposes for them. Listen, my friends. God is not giving up on you either. He has a purpose and a plan for your life, a plan to give you a hope and a future. In closing, I want you to consider this. When you don't feel loved, consider the cross. Consider the cross. God loved you so much that he took all of your sins and your failures to the cross. He took all of your hurt and pain All of your record of wrongs, he took with him to Calvary. There's nothing too bad, and you're never too far gone that the hand of God cannot reach you and lift you up. The cross proves God's love for us. The cross proves God's love for you. Today, I want to invite you to ask the Christ of the cross to love others through you. And maybe you're here today and you recognize that you have never just fully surrendered your heart and your life to Jesus. Today, all you have to do is pray a simple prayer and say, Lord, I confess that I am a sinner and I'm in need of a Savior. I ask you to come in Come into my heart and make me a new creation. Today, I surrender my heart and my life to you. And if you pray that prayer in your heart and earnestly mean it, then God will make all things right with you, and he will write your name in the Lamb's book of life. Let's pray. Lord, we know that the scriptures we read today that love keeps no record of wrongs. Help us in our weakness to find a way to offer forgiveness in the place of keeping records. We acknowledge that the first fruit of the Spirit is love. Teach us to love with a love that that only can come from you. And Lord, if there is someone here today that needs to pray that simple prayer and ask you to come into their heart, I pray that they would do that right now. And we know that you are faithful to forgive us when we ask. We thank you, Lord, for your word and how it transforms our life. Go with us now. In Jesus' name, amen.